And three, and two, and one. Sean, welcome to episode two of Whiskey Unscripted season three. Gordon's done us. Big G, how are you? Oh, I've had, I mean, incredible. I mean, it's been an amazing weekend of... Uh, well, it's, it's nearly the next weekend, but uh, incredible weekend. I thought I'd catch up with all the post ep- the other episodes of Whiskey Unscripted over the weekend. Um, I didn't really, but uh, it's great to be on season three, episode two. We've got some guests. We've got some who's your pals? pals? Who is your pals? <laughs> well, we have um, we have Danielle and Doug Dougie who look after Scotland for Ian McLeod Distillers. Welcome to Whiskey Unscripted. Oh, I'm just going to... Thank you, guys. Yeah, good to be here. Hey! Can I start already? Is that okay? I start already? Great Fantastic. Noise. It's a special, as hopefully you've read the description, a special sort of retailing episodes. And we'll be hearing from a retailer later on, but these are the guys that are on the ground trying to sell uh, our wonderful, beautiful Scotch whiskey. But um, I think before we get into all that where's and wherefores, Gordon, they've got the whiskey going already. They have. Well, I mean, I've known Thanks, Danielle yes. for a long time. She's uh, <laughs> always first off on the whiskey trail. So, Danielle, what are you drinking? Well, I have to say um, I am a great lover of Isla because that's where my journey started, similar to yours, Gordon. And a smokehead for me. I just love it. I just love it. Very good. You know, Very good. <laughs> That's me. Nice bit of yeah. I'm I'm a big Isla fan, as you know. Dougie, what have you got in your glass? Uh, I've gone for a Tam a Tamdu right. Speyside whiskey, so Tamdu twelve year old. Um, this uh, whiskey means quite a lot to me. I, I used to I used to sell it in a previous life before Ian McLeod Distillers bought mm. it, and uh, huh. always like the Sherry Cast matured whiskies. So yeah, I've got a Tamdu twelve year old here today. Very nice, very nice. What have you got, Mr. Dallas? Well, I've just got a little sample that I got from a, a whiskey tasting kit, and I didn't realise you're going to do an Isla there, Danielle. I've got a lag of Vulin 16. Ooh, that's oh, that's a crack of Vulin 16. Nice, that's nice. an Isla icon. That yeah. is. the, the only thing about that, I would say, I got a bottle for Christmas, and the next I morning, me. I was still tasting the lag of Vulin 16. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not well, it's only a small, it's only a small bottle. It's either a small bottle or, or I'm a very big person. It's I'll definitely just... the first option. <laughs> 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 if I'm listening to this on Spotify or iTunes, we are now filming it and we're recording it on Zoom. We've previously recorded it on an audio platform and put it out in audio. We just thought we'd like to see our guests. We'll have the video, so it's on YouTube. So if you're listening to this in your ears, you can go and watch what's happening on the Whiskey Unscripted YouTube channel. Gordon, what are you Fantastic. drinking? Well, I've so we've got an Isla, we've got a, uh, we've got two Islas, we've got mm-hmm. a, a, a side. I've gone for a Lowland. I've gone for an Ockentoshan, which is nice. a triple distilled Lowland again, a whiskey that I think Danielle, Dougie, and myself have worked for in the past. This mm-hmm. is a great whiskey, actually. This is um, you can see on the bot. Bourbon and sherry married together. Um, yeah. Quite a lot of sherry content in there. Um, this is a travel retail whiskey, 43%, no age, but nice and rich. But um, one thing that made Ockentoshan very unique in the Scotch whiskey industry, very high new make spirit strength, about 80 plus percent alcohol because it's triple distilled, which will obviously relate to us and Rosebank, which of course is up there. So um, yeah, great whiskey and some good friends that work at Ockentoshan. So a great whiskey. Enjoying that. Fantastic. Now, can I just say to get this episode underway, you've all referred to the past where you've worked 
Um, and I believe that will be in a sell, sailing capacity, what you do now for Ian McLeod. So could I ask uh, a little bit about your whiskey journey and what you were referring to about working on the island of Isla and things like that? Start with Danielle first. Okay. Yes, so I, before I was uh, worked with E. McLeod and Whiskey, which I've been doing for 15 years, oh. I actually used to be a croupier, and I worked in casinos all around the world. Did you know that? Did oh, I, I, did, that? I did know that, actually. I thought I recognised you, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of stories about mafia, mafiosa and money, you know. Oh, that's, that, listen, give me a couple more drams and we'll discuss that. Where around the world did you work? Um, I worked in the cruise ships, so we went all around uh, the Mediterranean, all around the Caribbean islands, transatlantic. I oh, worked in Canada. Is, and is it as glamorous as it seems? Ah, yes and no. I mean, don't get me wrong, you're paid to see the world. You're paid to go around and go off on those islands. And you get, and of course, because you're there, maybe see you're in St. Bart's every Tuesday. So you get to know the best places to go, the best beaches, the, you know, and obviously it's a wonderful way to experience it. But what I would say is eight and a half months I worked on the cruise ship. How many days off do you think I got? Not many. Not one. <laughs> really? Every Not day is a day off on that. Wow. <laughs> Crikey. So you do work hard. You do. Scotch whiskey industry is better for holidays. I love all this though. This is it's very interesting. People's journey into to whiskey and I'm, I still don't think women are anywhere near incomparable to the men within the industry, but everyone's got their own journey in there. And 15 years is a long time to be in the industry, Danielle. So what took you off a ship and on dry land with, with whiskey? So being Scottish, we were, I was with there with my partner at the time, we were the only Scottish uh, people on board. It was a big American cruise liner. And as they do, oh, you're from Scotland. And oh my goodness, you've got whiskey, you've got, you know, your castle, you've got obviously, you know, William and, and all the different historian figures. And do you actually like whiskey? And I'm very, very patriotic, very proud to be from, you know, working class city as Glasgow. And I was like, do I like whiskey? At that point, I wasn't drinking whiskey. <laughs> so as you do in the cruise, I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy everybody a drink, you know, go on to Scotland. And I became very patriotic and a right, very proud person of, I was that person, you go on holiday and you see the Scottish person, they're like, go on Scotland. That was me. That was me Were you the kind of person that if you're in London and you, you pulled out a Scottish five pound note and you put it across to the guy goes, starts looking at it and you turn around and you go, that's legal tender. <laughs> I am that person that's like, what are you talking about? Why do you not? Scotland's amazing. <laughs> so it was during, obviously, I worked there for eight years all over the world, Palestine, Canada, everywhere, and got to a wonderful, wonderful array of people. And, and my shoulders went back that wee bit further every time somebody said Scotland, started to drink whiskey, just to really prove a point, I think, of nothing else. And I was like, oh, I quite like this, because I climb my nose and I talk about, you know, wonderful countryside. And then it wasn't until I came back and there was an advert in the paper and it was, um, do you fancy working in, in a rep company called at the time Fior Brands, which Gordon will, will remember. Um, we were only around for five years. I took my chances um, and I went for an interview and uh, there was a Glasgow rep going at the time and they said, well, why would you want to go into this? And I explained how I wanted to really learn more about whiskey because I just thought, God, we've got so much more here to give. And I started my journey on the cruise ships and then I got a job with beer brands, which was Bowmore, Ockentoshan and Glengarry. Wow. And that was a long time ago. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So, isn't it? Then, isn't it? 
And and we have other people that work currently at Ian McLeod who are also working for those brands as well. Alan Wardrop worked for them in the past, Stuart Thompson mm -hmm. as well. Um, and and then obviously you you were there for it lasted about five years or so, didn't it? That's exactly it was exactly five years. And my very first training was with Jamie. Um, Jamie McKenzie. Jamie McKenzie, who took who I spoke like, to the other day on did Zoom. Did Oh, please tell friend. me, ask him. Jamie, for if him. you listen, please. Hello. J Jamie and, and Ian McCallum, obviously. Oh yeah. And um, they took us across to Isla, and that was my first big training, big adventure into you know really understanding what a distillery was. And there, all of a sudden, was this wonderful magical place where they all sound as if they're singing to you when they're talking and their voice goes up and down and it's just it's so magical and then it's in Ireland <laughs> it could be you can imagine if a tourist was coming across and they were thinking what language are they speaking you know it's, yeah, it's a it's wonderful amazing. language isn't it yeah and then on one side of the island you had wild dolphins the other side you had wild seals and beautiful beaches and then in the middle there was all these people who were so passionate about this product called whiskey. And I was just like, oh, that, that's me, because I was passionate anyway about Scotland. And then to feel the love of these people, oh, I was sold. It was sold. That was it. That was Fantastic. Well, what did you pick up about exactly when training transformed into actual work and feet in the ground? But we'll get to a sort of the, almost like the insider's guide. But, <laughs> Dougie, um, were you on the high seas? I thought you weren't maybe more of a pilot than, than a croupier. Yeah, you're maybe not joking there, Gordon. <laughs> no, um, in, my, in my younger days, I basically, well, I came across whiskey uh, through, through my rugby. I was lucky enough to, uh, to play rugby at a fairly decent, decent level. And, a uh, fairly decent level. Come on, Dougie. Dougie, how many, cap, yeah, Dougie, yeah, how many Dougie, caps for Scotland did you get? How many caps did you get? Uh, not, not, not enough, Gordon. But, how, how many? Uh, but basically, when I was involved, when I was involved with Scotland, we were sponsored by uh, the, the famous Grouse uh, whiskey, and uh, it was basically, can you believe, through through that that you meet so many people through through rugby that uh, I got the opportunity to apply for a job um, with the company that owned Famous Grouse at the time. Um, I had been a sales rep, so uh, it was a natural progression maybe to uh, go from what I had been into in, into whiskey once I once I stopped playing rugby. So it was all through. Through the people you meet through my, my sport, basically, that got me into that. So we're talking a long time ago. I had hair in those days. So uh, yeah, we're talking the mid nineties when I actually started working in the whiskey whiskey industry. So uh, what yeah. a fine rugby player you were, sir. Just for those oh, who you. maybe weren't on the planet at all. Weekend, Scotland did beat England at the weekend. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well done to Scotland. Um, anyway, yes. Moving on. Just before we move on from that, because people we've got. You know, we're into a, a lot of countries across the earth. They've all got a connection to Scotch whisky or Scotland's, and it's many people's dream, he says, pointing to himself, to have represented your country at a sport. Um, can you remember the first time you did that? Because I think that would be just one of the greatest things you could have ever achieved. Yeah, I was I was quite quite lucky in a way. I got in at a young, a young age, Gordon. I was lucky enough to be on the bench for Scotland way back in the early 1980s. Um, we played New Zealand, Scotland. We never beat. We'd never beaten New Zealand, and we drew twenty-five all with them at Murrayfield in a game that we had a kick to win it. But unfortunately, we just 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 missed that. So way back eighty-three. But my first actual game, I didn't actually get on that game. We played Australia the following year, and they had guys like David Campisi, who's a well-known uh, rugby player, yeah. playing. And yeah. unfortunately, we came second that day. But um, travelled the world through it. Uh, lucky enough to go on tour, maybe for eleven years. And uh, in fact, my first if you like drink of famous grouse we were getting sponsored was on a tour of japan and they were very much into the highball drinks which uh I think are. Are making, which are which are 
I think are fantastic, actually. I think a lot of whiskey should be drunk that way and can be drunk that way. But uh, that was way back in the late 80s, 89, we were in Japan. And uh, I remember being in a restaurant and having these high highball drinks. Fantastic. Really good. So, Dougie, when you were playing for Scotland, obviously, rugby was not professional. So what were you doing at that point to earn a crust? Yeah, that was the issue. As I say, I, we, we all had jobs and we literally had to have an employer that was good enough to give you a couple of days off at the end of every week uh, to basically meet at Murrayfield on a Thursday and then go to wherever it was to play, to play the game on the, on the Saturday. So I, I was working in the sports industry at the time. I worked for a couple of different sports brands as a sales rep for, Scot for Scotland. And it was difficult to combine both because sport was my passion. Rugby was my passion at that, at that time. And especially lucky enough being in the national team, I just wanted that to continue. And with all the travel and whatever else, it was something I really, really enjoyed. So it was fortunate to have employers that were fairly understanding but it did come to a, I did in fact lose, lose a job unfortunately through uh, through needing time off to go on tour because in those days Scotland went on tour for maybe six weeks in the summer so you had to have a very understanding employer, very. employer. yeah, yeah it was a big ask wasn't it yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you got into whiskey mid-90s yes exactly exactly that um, again got the opportunity as I say through meeting people through 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 the rugby um was with uh, Maxim Drinks Company, as we, as we were called. They're now known as Edrington Beam Suntory. So I was there over 20 years, just as a sales guy, but covering loads of different areas in Scotland, which was fantastic, mm -hmm. and getting to meet so many, so many people. And then got the chance to join Ian McLeod Distillers about three years ago. And wow, fantastic. Love, Here we love, are. Love the, love the company I'm with and brilliant. Yeah. And Danielle, how long have you been with Ian McLeod? I'm the original. Um, I'm here. This will be 10 years, 10 years. And I'll just quickly tell you a wee story about that. I remember the first day and I walked into the office and I met Mr. Uh, Mr. Russell, Peter Russell, and he shook my hand and he said, he says, the only way you'll be leaving here, Danielle, is out in a box. <laughs> 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 because people just don't leave Ian McLeod because it's just such a, a really good company to work for. Um, and I thought, well, that's a great thing that he said. And I'm still here. I'm not in a box, thank goodness, not yet. Thank God but, for that. Um, ten years, ten years, and I'm fabulous. And it's absolutely true. I think you know. I think we would all agree. Working for a a family business um, that is, you know, that has that, that you have that loyalty to them. They have that loyalty to you. You're not just a number. It really makes a big difference, and I think it reflects in everybody that works for us. And if you yeah. visit Glengoyne, you see it. And Gordon, obviously, your history is from the distillery as well, and you understand that sort of family element, don't you? I was just about to say, just and before I just jump in there, can I just unplug, if you're watching this, the reason this is called the sauna, because last year, one of the first lockdown tastings we did, I'd accidentally left the heater on and became redder and redder. And people said, why is he going red? Is he in a sauna? Uh, and why is he in a sauna? I've done the same right now. So I'm going to unplug the heater. I, I think it's he's actually absolutely. had a lot more lag of than that. Yeah, I think it's a <laughs> That's roasting. But my question about families, and this gets us on to the sales and how you go about it, does being part of a family business, is that part of your um, language when you approach retailers? For me, yeah, def definitely. I, I think it's the fact we're, we're a Scottish company as well. A lot of the bigger guys, dare I say, these days are maybe not uh, owned, although obviously they've got Scottish brands, they're not owned by Scottish companies. I think it is quite a big thing these days. And uh, I do like the fact that um, you know, I think people are going more, let's buy local and support local and all that type of thing, especially, dare I say, during this pan pandemic. So um, I think it's fantastic. I use that, I use that a, lot, a lot, the fact that we're, uh, we're a family-owned company and um, it, 
the great thing is, it's not just that, it's the brands, it's the brands guys. And uh, I'm sure Danielle would totally agree with me. The brands that we're lucky enough to sell, um, you know, have, have, have a great, fo- great fo- following, uh, I believe. And I think the future is really, really bright for them, you know. So, uh, yeah, all good. Okay, so just, just an insider's guide, Gordon. This is an insider's guide to being a sales representative in, in Scotland. Danielle, what... What do you have to do in your first week, first month? If anybody's listening to this and thinking, I would love to get into the industry, how do you go about it? What's your day-to-day job? Well, when I, as I said, when I first joined with Ian McLeod, it was, um, it was, it was even more lackadaisical than it is now, if you can believe that, guys. And it was me and I had two line managers who are also still there, Alan and Neil. And it was very much a case of, we don't have any point of sale. We don't have any real promotional strategies. So, hmm, right, Daniel, what do you want to do? Go out there and sell. So I wanted to further my knowledge, as I always think, is especially in the whiskey industry, I think you're going out there, you're, you're selling a story as much as you're selling the liquid. Whiskey sold on, it's all about the stories, the history. Can you, and we love a wee, we love a wee, wee story in Glasgow as well. Love a wee chat. So I um, enrolled myself into um, John Lamon's course and the Good Spirits Company. And there was, there was 12 of us at the time that went across. And um, we, we all did there. It was a 12-week course. It was every Thursday night and it was a three-hour. So that was the first thing. But because I knew, obviously, the Pottsdale guys, the Murphy family, no relation to me, unfortunately. I also said to Frank one night, I said, Frank, just started in this role because he knew me from fewer days and I said I really want to further my knowledge we don't really have that much to give at Ema Cloud but if the more knowledge I've got the better can I come in and do a couple of shifts I don't need paid I promise I don't need paid can I just come in and work and listen to you guys because these guys are these are the guys that know the business and I used to go in every second weekend and do the wee odd celebrity guest spot behind the pot still. Um, and I did get paid. I did get paid. <laughs> and, for those, and for those who've never been to Glasgow, there's a couple of great, and just from a Glasgow perspective, the pot still owned by Frank and, and, and I mean, fantastic, fantastic knowledge of, of whiskey when you go in there and they, they'll ask you the right questions to pour you the right whiskey. And they just want you to have a great experience. The Bon Accord, Absolutely fantastic as well. Both of them are probably two of the best whiskey bars in Scotland. Uh, Edinburgh has many as well. But yeah, just to put a bit of context on that, yeah. So I would so you had the, so you had the knowledge, Danielle. What's the what's the day to day gig? What what is it? How do you do it? How do we do it? COVID or not COVID? <laughs> Let's start <laughs> pre-COVID. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know. Oh, gosh. Um, so pre-COVID, yeah, so it's all about identifying, working with the guys that really want to work with you, because Dougie's right, you have such amazing brands out there, um, and it's all about finding the right home for our brands, really, as well. Um, we have to, with anything, obviously, price does come into it. We'd be a fool to say it doesn't come into it, because at the end of the day, the retailers and, obviously, the entree, because Dougie and I both work with the hotels and the bars and the restaurants, and that's really exciting to be able to come up with a, with a concrete plan just for them. So we have to work with them and identify who wants to work with us. And then it's a case of, right, well, we're going to meet in the middle and we come up with some promotional mechanics, whether it be getting you guys in to host a dinner for us, or whether it will be doing a multi month kit or getting our brands onto their menus and all sorts of different activations. But they've got to want to work with us because, we, because there's only Dougie and myself that cover half of Scotland, we don't have time to chase down every single door out there. So it's, it's got to got to be a meeting of, of minds, I would say. And as Dougie said, you know, we're quite rightly so because we're Scottish, we're independent, we 
we're ticking a lot of boxes straight away. And I think the other thing is that we're, you know, we're not a, none of our brands are massive brands either. So we don't have endless amounts of whiskey to sell very cheaply in loads of different places, which is why you don't find us in supermarkets and, you know, you know, all the, all the sort of chain pubs, yep. et cetera, et cetera. So um, that probably works well, if you know what I mean, do you not think? I do, but I, can I jump in as well, Gordon? I, I would just say, I think um, prom not promising what you can't del deliver. Well, what I'm trying to say is, you know, if, if you promise something to a bar owner or a, mm. a, I don't know, public and a retailer, you must follow through. I think this yeah. trade in the old days certainly was one they got people promised a lot and didn't deliver. So touch wood, I like to think that's that's what uh, that we do at Ian McLeod. You know, if we promise something, we'll couple follow through and we'll support that account. And uh, hopefully on the back of that, they'll support you. Because like anything in sales, you've got to go back and visit, not just the once, but you've got to go back again. So if, well, you, you, want, if you, you, you know, you want them to, you keep want them to buy a second you. time, don't you? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, that even is slightly paralleled to what I do in turn and what we do, Gordon, is, I mean, I've been in a tasting with an ambassador from another whiskey company who was asked a question which was controversial and he tried to blag his way through it and he got found out and it wasn't good. It's happened to me. I've just been very honest and say, I don't actually know the answer to that. I will find out and get back to you. And anybody in their right mind would go, well, that's fine. And that's the attitude you've got to take. You've got to build trust. You've got to build uh, that sort of partnership and, and, and respect, I guess. Yeah, and can I ask as well uh, for both of you, but start with Dougie, is it literally um, get the shoes on and, and knock doors and or are you travelling yeah. around in the car and does your boot cover the car? Both of you have oodles and oodles of whiskey in the back of it and you get samples coming out your ear. I mean, physically, are yeah, you going around? It's a good point. Literally, as Daniel said, I cover the east coast of Scotland. Daniel's on the on the west, and it's a case of we have a database of, of accounts that we have built up over the years by knowing people. And uh, so, it's a, literally, is a case of yeah, you're driving you're driving up in your car. You, the idea is not to get the buyer to come out to your car because, as you say, you have got samples in the boot, and <laughs> once they see how much you've got, they're always wanting to. Oh, we'll just take that, and we'll do this, and we'll do that. But, uh, uh, no, literally, it's it's trying to get around as many people as you can. That is the slight challenge, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, the fact mm. that it's just the two of us and uh, there's so many people wanting to... We can't deal with everybody, unfortunately, so we just don't have, 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 the, have the time. But, uh, yeah, that's that's how we go about it. Literally, try to see as many people as we can per, per day and, uh, uh, yeah, getting them to support us. So, yeah. And the other thing I'm interested about, and I think this is true of a lot of distilleries, and a lot is is you will have people which you might be trying to get over the line you might be trying to make them uh sell them the sort of glengoyne you know range and 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 obviously taking people to our brand homes to our distilleries has a big impact on that would you say oh without a shadow of a doubt um and Diggy and, and gordon's obviously been a part of this as well there was something that i came up with based very much on that two years ago how long have you been with the company? Three years, Dougie? Yeah, three years now, nearly. Yeah, so um, two, two and a half years ago, where you're absolutely right. Um, we, getting the people to any distillery, you know, and everybody will know this, you're creating many brand ambassadors for your brand. And it's the best thing. And especially when you get to see it, smell it, touch it, you can explain it. And, it's, you know, it's, it's a magical thing. It's a smell for me every time. Every time I go into the distillery and it just triggers that wee thing in your head. Mm -hmm. um, and I invented a thing called the Bartenders Programme specifically for the category that Dougie and I work in because we, you have to make it that little bit special. Um, and mm -hmm. don't get me wrong, you can go to Glengoyne and you'll have a wonderful experience, but these guys are looking for something that's going to match to food. 
you can put into cocktails. They also want to know that have that knowledge. So why are you going to offer your customer a Glen Glen as opposed to a Glen Levitt? What's the difference? So they have to know all that, but it's got to be fun. You know, they can't, I mean, whiskey, I think, personally, gets quite a serious context sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to just get the guys up there and we do a lot of smelling, we do tasting, we put a dinner involved, we get them mixed in the cocktails. Because people are very, especially the youth, they're, they're quite shy about whiskey because they think it's this big complicated thing. And, they're and really it shouldn't serious. be. No, I mean, no, no. But, yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, even in our, you know, Glen Goyne, we know because through people like Gordon and the whole team there do such a great experience, obviously not open at the moment, but, uh, you know, from, from a visitor from a, on a £10, £12 tour, it's a great experience to a bartender or a, you know, a, a specialist whiskey shop owner on a half day, full day sort of experience it makes such a such a difference to us um and i think dougie also you know when you know the other thing that i remember a bit like danielle my one of my first sort of i mean i worked in whiskey for about the same length of time as danielle um but i worked for whiskey magazine which sort of floated above this industry and used to get amazing tours of distilleries that nobody else got and you know talking of Beaumore I mean I remember tasting whiskies out the straight you know wandering around the warehouse with with um oh. with you know the, the team there taking whiskies oh. out the cask and it was just incredible you and we do offer that obviously at Glengoyne and I think that's really important to ensure that you build those relationships definitely I, I concur with uh, absolutely everything Daniel said there. I think the fact that Glen Goyne is so accessible for, dare I say, the central belt. So a lot of my business I get is in in Edinburgh, literally what now, twenty minutes less maybe, and you're you're through at the distillery, so you can offer that. Um, which yeah, it, it's it's fantastic having that on your doorstep. And I I, I miss those uh, that program that Daniel put together. I miss them big time. Uh, I say I do. I'm sure the trade do as as, as well. They're fantastic events and. The great thing is once somebody's been on that, the word gets around in the trade, you know, and uh, people start asking about it. So hopefully uh, they'll start buying our product if they want the chance to to come, come on the yeah, next time. And, so, and, yeah. and everything I've heard about that program, and I saw it in action, it was fabulous. And obviously we'll just talk about post or current situation in a minute. But I think there was a fine example earlier this week if, of, of how important it is when somebody goes to the distillery. And... Uh, Friend of the show. Uh, I mean, I have to say, friend of the show. She's 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 been on the show. I'm not sure yes. she knows she's been on the show, but she has been on it. Um, uh, Joanna Lumley was was well was starring with Gordon Dallas on ITV on uh, Tuesday night back. Well, yeah, just a few days ago. Um, and and Gordon, how's the? Uh, I mean, you must have had so many phone calls, offers of work. Are you replacing yes. Philip Schofield next week? I am. No, you've got to speak to Mr. Dundas. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's taking how much percentage? Holly, I think he's replacing Holly Gordon. Uh. <laughs> um, yes, it's always nice to have people rolling into the distillery. That was a wonderful programme. If you can get it, if you're listening to this and you're out with the UK, you might be able to get it on a streaming platform. But uh, Home Sweet Home with Joanna Lumley who is one of the national treasures of the country. Wonderful lady, really well respected across the industry. Um, Not just whiskey, I'm talking about the media industry. And she particularly wanted to visit Scotland and um, a distillery. But the producers were saying that they've done the tasting part before, but they got word of the smuggling um, story that they put together. And they mentioned to the, the director and Joanna 
and they thought they must make time in the schedule and they came and if you watch the programme you'll see Joanna getting this particular in fact it's the same skirt Norton look at this there's the skirt on, that'll be on eBay <laughs> yeah. you never got it signed Gordon oh, no. I never thought of that so that's the skirt Joanna Lumley put on and she had the smuggling pouch this one here under her skirt on the programme on television so that's uh, what you can what and you can was, see there so. yeah Fabulous, so was, fabulous. And can I just say, apart from General Lumley, I love that bartender's programme you're talking about. The last one of the last ones we did, I was in Europe, Gordon, doing a tasting. You oh. might remember this, Danielle. Oh. And my plane was delayed. And I'd at the airport said, Don't worry, you get a dinner. I'll have dinner tonight at the distillery. I don't need anything. <laughs> um, and the plane was delayed. And I'm looking at my watch and I got off at Glasgow and it literally was in the taxi. I says, I don't care what speed you go, I need to be Glen going in 10 minutes. And then the guy obviously kept to the speed limit. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> you were down the yard with the group, and I'd literally got out the taxi, handed my suitcase to I think it was to Jim your Butler to your butler, and started the tour. I was <laughs> like, "Get the food Whoa. on, Danielle." We were so, sweating. We were sweating, but you made great it. Fun. You made it. Total professional to the end. Those were the days, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Hopefully, they'll be, they'll be back again. Yeah. Gordon, can I pick you up? You just mentioned there about a specialist retail whiskey shop. You mentioned some selling into them. And we have got an interview with Kevin Moore. And Kevin, Danielle, was a chap that owns the Scottish Gantry. Now, you got me on to do a tasting. And I thought I'd follow him up with an interview. But just a quick word about Scottish Gantry and Kevin. Yeah, fantastic. One of my customers, um, obviously over in Stirling was the original one. Very entrepreneurial, Kevin, and not afraid to take risks, which is great because it's the way we operate. We're very maverick in, in Ian McLeod, and that's, I think that's why I'm still here 10 years later, um, <laughs> which is a really nice way to work. So um, started off with those guys right at the start when they were growing their brand um, and very much into provenance and in independent companies like himself and something that we can offer, which is fantastic because not everybody wants to have the big brands in their shop. We want to have something a wee bit different. And that's actually where it works with Ian McLeod is we're not a massive brand, which we spoke about at the start. So for these little guys that have one, two shops, brilliant. And then um, he's now just opened up a shop in Mulgai, which is very close to the distillery. So watch the space for a bit of a partnership between <laughs> the one in Mulgai and Glen Goyne because it's so, so close. But Kevin, yeah, really good character and um, very, very good to work with. Um, Love to hear what you said. Yes. Are we going to hear from Kevin now? We are. I caught up with him last week, and I will, uh, by the magic of uh, technology, I this finger, just hit this button, and we'll have that interview. This button. And we'll have that interview. Sorry, this button. And we'll have... <laughs> I'm just joking. I'll cut my now. <laughs> and I'm delighted to say I'm joined... Um, from Kevin Moore from Scottish Gantry. We're talking about selling whiskey, and I think this man will know quite a lot about it. Kevin, welcome to Whiskey Unscripted. Thanks, uh, Gordon. Delighted to, to join you this afternoon. Uh, it's, 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 and it's late afternoon. The lights are on, and I've got a small glass in my hands. Well, I, <laughs> I've had to join you. Uh, so, likewise, one of the benefits of... Uh, Working in a whiskey shop is that you genuinely, on an almost daily basis, get to sample the delight. So it's great. Oh, well, Slangeva, I'm having a legacy legacy chapter two that Glengoyne. Yeah, a cracking whiskey. I'm, uh, I'm having a Glengoyne 10-year-old. I think this is a lovely drum. Oh. A lovely starter drum. 
lovely to start, Kevin. And mm. now, one of the reasons well, I wanted to speak to you anyway was we did a wonderful tasting with yourself and your whiskey club, your, the, the the Scottish Gantry. Um, have could you explain a little bit about uh, your business first and foremost, and where it started, why you started it, and it must be a lot of people's dream to run a whiskey shop, but I bet it's not as easy as all that. So just paint the picture. Yeah, so um, we started in Stirling. Um, primarily, I owned a, a small shopping centre in Stirling and wanted to bring into the shopping centre some tourist traffic. And the obvious way to do that is um, in Scotland through whiskey. Um, and uh, at the time, I also had an interest in, in a brand which, which uh, I, I still own, um, which is a whiskey liqueur. So whiskey was always something that I was very, very interested in. Um, in consequence of uh, everything that we've done here within Stirling, we then opened up the Stirling Whiskey Society. Um, and uh, that was the tasting that... that you, you joined, we've now got in excess of, of 200 members. Um, and we've grown the, we've grown the business uh, fairly recently, tail end of last year, opening up in, in Mogai. Um, we don't just carry whiskey, we carry all sorts of other spirits and, um, and wines, uh, fine wines. But my real passion is, is whiskey. What year are we talking about, Kevin? When you go back to when you started, you thought there'd be enough interest in whiskey. Um, I know there's other liquids there, but when did that all kick off? What year are we talking? Um, I, I met a guy called John Smith, who was the master blender uh, at the time at Glen Morangy, and that was about 15 years ago. And that really triggered my interest in, in whiskey, speaking to John, hearing his, his stories, and uh, it all developed from there. To the point where now we actually, we're, we're, we're even now doing some of our own uh, bottlings. Uh, we buy casks. Um, we bottle those casks. Um, and we've recently acquired a small interest in a business called Dram Tubes, which is a, a sampling business which is designed to let people taste um, whiskies that they might otherwise not be able to, to afford. I love that. It's a great idea. Uh, uh, count me in. I think that's uh, wonderful. Now, when you're setting up uh, a shop, you want people to come in and buy. This podcast is called Christy Unscripted. How do you go about, A, getting people in the shop, and B, do you set the shop up so it's easy to, 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 to buy, as it were? Is there is there a trick of the trade, or what's your art? Um, well, our, our shops are, are slightly different in the sense that... Um, the look and feel of the shops is very kind of Victorian. Um, we, we display the products on antique furniture. Uh, and more often than not, we get people coming in asking to, to buy the furniture as, as well as the, as, as the whiskies. Um, but our ethos is also, where possible, to allow people to sample before they buy. So that if somebody's okay. coming in and asking about a whiskey or wanting to, to buy a whiskey... If, if we have a sample bottle, we'll let them try it. Um, and that's worked very, very well for us. That's, that's what they say about the high street. The, you've opened up a shop in the middle of the pandemic, and during that year, the high street has tumbled down, and that's how they say 
Recovery will happen by giving people experiences in the high street. You can't just just be a, 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 a replica of an online a, a shop. You've got to do something else. And that sounds like you were onto it years ago. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, as, as you said, you used the word experience there, Gordon, and that's what people want. So people will come into the shop, they'll taste stuff, but at the same time, we might be sitting there with four, six, 12 people around a table and I'm telling them about various whiskies, um, telling them about Scotland, the history of whiskey in Scotland, how whiskey's made, etc. Um, and it, 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 it's definitely the way forward. It works, it engages with people um, and, you know, touch wood, thus far we've had very good reviews on what we've been doing. You absolutely have, uh, Kevin. So the power of stories, I, I wholeheartedly agree. So let's get down to the nitty-gritty of whiskies. When you set out, are there certain bankers that you can put on your shelves and you think that'll get people coming in the doors and get selling? So just outline some of the whiskies that do well for you or have done. Well, I mean, obviously, one of the, the things that we do work uh, with is the local distilleries. Glen Goy being an, an obvious one, Deanston uh, being the other. So we're very, very keen to promote um, local. And what we're also finding within this pandemic is that local is very much the theme of the day with people wanting to shop local and buy local. But there are obvious bankers like Macallan, uh, Brookladdy, Springbank, which to many people, and, and I would tend to agree, is potentially the new McAllen, so many spring banks being, um, being collectible uh, nowadays. But you've got new distilleries coming on board, Ardenmuchen, and there's huge demand for, for their, their products. And what we're also seeing more and more is the independent bottlers. Um, and and uh, people are interested in seeing what the independent bottlers are doing because they're doing certain things that are different. They're not all great, don't get me wrong. Um, there, are, there are some not so good ones out there, but there are some that are, that are, are pretty, pretty hot. It's really good to hear because one of the, the themes in maybe the past has been, I don't want to use the word snobbery, but it's been a certain perception that whiskey is not changed, it's a bit stuffy and people that drink it uh, are set in their ways. But as you say, with these new distilleries, the interest seems to be there and people are looking for something new. So has the consumer changed in your eyes since you started getting into whiskey? Am I right saying we were a wee bit stayed? Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, there's, there's this uh, question that's always asked, should you put water in your whiskey? What can you put in your whiskey? In our view, in the Scottish gantry, you can put into to whiskey whatever you want. Um, because at the end of the day, um, you're the person that's drinking it, you're the person that's consuming it, and you're the person uh, that wants to enjoy it. So if you want to put something that's odd into it, then that, that's up to you, that's fine. Um, the, the first whiskey I ever worked with um, was, uh, in, in conjunction with John Smith, was developing a, a liqueur, um, and we decided to put strawberries into it, and that, that, that transformed into Fraser liqueur, which is now an extremely well-selling liqueur throughout, um, throughout, throughout the UK. Um, but what we are definitely seeing is we're seeing more people who are uh, looking at whiskey, not just from a consumption point of view, but from 
the collectible aspect and um, seeing whiskey as as a currency, as a pension. Um, you know, we've got one guy uh, in our, our whiskey society who's made, you know, well over two hundred thousand uh, pounds on uplift on on whiskey values in a very very short space of time. The guy's not even thirty yet, so. Um, it's 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 a good place to put your money. Uh, it certainly is. And that whiskey club just tells a little bit more about it. What tastings have you done? You did a, a wonderful one uh, with Glenn Goyne and there's a bit of Tam Do. I think a really handsome bloke you get in that night with um, with Danielle. I don't know how you afforded them, but excellent work. Uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> who else have were, you had in? They, they were definitely an expensive, expensive duo, those two. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, the distilleries we we tend to focus on the on the mainstream distilleries. So, you know, Glengoyne, Brooklady, anything from Isla always goes down an absolute storm. Um, we've had um, we've had Dalmore, uh, we've had um, uh, Glendronach, um, anything that Billy Walker has been involved in. Is is always um, a quick seller, but I mean we're we're actually seeing that as as quick as we can put the the tickets out for the the um, the events that they're selling. You know, twenty four. These are online, Kevin. These are the ones that've been online. We've all had to pivot a little bit to the online world, so that's been a I suppose an unexpected success. It, an unexpected success, and in many respects, something of a lifesaver for a lot of um, businesses like ours because there just is no footfall, uh, as we know, on the high street at the moment. So um, I suppose it's it's true that only in the west of Scotland would an off-licence be deemed as an essential service, but that's that's what the First Minister has decided we are, and so we are open, um, but there's not many people out there. So what we're seeing is more purchases online and more people getting involved in our Zoom tastings. Oh, it's the Zoom tastings, and if you've not done one, um, can anyone join up to the Scottish Gantry? Can we just go online and, and become a member? Yeah, j- just check out the Scottish Gantry uh, website, uh, thescottishgantry.com. Um, that gives you details of, of everything that we're doing there. Okay, uh, Kevin, just I've walked into your shop, a couple of my mates as well, um, whether it's the Stirling one or the Mulgai one, and you must tell me what it's like opening up in the middle of a pandemic, but... Keep that, tuck that to the side. Give us maybe four or five ones that we would taste that would give us a, a, a real overview of Scotch whisky. In your eyes, for you. Well, we again, we would always try and push local. Um, so, again, Deanston and, and Glen Goyne are ones that we're, we're always keen to push. Um, I'm a big fan of Brookladdy. Um, so, again, we, we will push uh, Isla whiskies. Um, What's any good age there, Kevin? Brickladdy? What, what any you push us towards an age or a, well, a certain I mean, one of the things I always like to do um is to take people who have said that they're not interested in peaty whiskey, smoky whiskey, um, and I will quite often slip them an Optimore, the peatiest, smokiest whiskey in the world, highest PPM level up at 309 for the 8.3 Optimore edition. And the reaction that you get from these people is, is quite phenomenal. Um, so always, I always like to go down that route. 
Um, I like to uh, you know, Springbank, uh, yep. again, a, a favourite distillery of mine. But things like Balvenie, if somebody's not really um, tried whiskey before, a, a Balvenie or a, a Glen Scotia, something nice and soft. Um, th these are the type of whiskies. And again, as I've said, the independents, uh, companies like Northstar, based over in, in Strathblane, are doing, doing some great stuff. Um, Adna Mochian, um, who we, we spoke about uh, prior to, to coming online, they're doing some terrific stuff. And as, as, quick, as quickly as we get their stock in, it literally flies off the shelf. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And just quickly, what was it like, the decision to open up in the middle of all this lockdown business? That was brave, I would imagine, and a lot of late nights. Yeah, I mean, some people would say brave, some people would say ridiculously stupid. Um, however, um, we prior to Christmas, um, you know, the run up to Christmas was good. December was good. And then, of course, the lockdown came on 26th of December. So like all other off licenses, um, uh, we lost a lot of trade from 26th December. And that, that's continued through. But it's a kind of perfect storm scenario at the moment. You've got lockdown, you've got dry January. Um, but it is what it is just now. We will get through it. Uh, once we've all been vaccinated, I'm quite sure things will, will come back to normal. Absolutely. Kevin, I could talk all night. And I just have to say, thoroughly enjoyed your quiz. There's all the, just for those that are listening, Kevin finished the, the online tasting with a, a quiz and there was prizes given out as well. You'll have a good quiz. Any good questions yeah, up mean, your sleeve? Yeah, well, what we try to do with the, the online tastings is to make them a bit more interesting. I and mean, I don't like them to, to be too heavy yet. Everybody wants to, to know about the, um, the whiskies that they're tasting. It's important that we engage with the brand so that um, the, the company who, who we're doing the tasting with, uh, the distillery gets the opportunity to get their message out um, to, to the people participating but it's also important to have a bit of fun because that's what whiskey's about it's about having fun it's about community um, it's about sharing um, you know it's it's just a great thing to be involved with You don't need to say any more Kevin that's exactly why I thought I must get you on to the, the podcast because everything you've said there encapsulates what uh, we think here on the podcast and I think with Ian McLeod it's without the fun element there and the community it's you know it's it's, it's, it's not quite the same put it that way um so kevin um anything else before we head off would you like to no i would just like anything? to um you know wish everybody a, a, a happy and a, a healthy um 2021 um the best way to deal with this virus is to keep communicating with each other and the best way to communicate with each other is with a dram in your hand. It really is. It really Thank is. Kevin Moore of Scottish Gantry, it's been a pleasure and I'm sure we'll hopefully do this again. Slangevar. Slangevar. Very interesting. And I guess, you know, I think coming on to the, the way the world is now and you, you know, you, you look at how things have changed, it's a very different marketplace now, isn't it? Well, he said he's got Brexit. He's also got the January, you know, dry January as well. It's, a, it's quite difficult at the moment. But if you keep on offering, and I'm really hot, I think we all are, experiences in the shop and getting people in to taste the liquids and taste the whiskey and a bit of chat, uh, that's how the high street can, yeah. can 
get, get, get through. But can we ask, speaking of getting through the last year of pandemics, how has this COVID situation been for the sales uh, and how you conduct yourself? I think for, for me, certainly, Gordon, it's um, our job, as Danielle said earlier on, prior to COVID was dealing with the on-trade an awful lot, as well as sort of individual, maybe whiskey specialist shops. But obviously the on-trade has been closed most of the time through through this situation. So a lot of our business and a lot of our dealings has been with the independent retailers, which has been great. It's given us a chance to focus on them and give 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 them support. So we're not leaving home, really. Uh, we're doing everything by Zoom calls or Teams calls, as we call it. We're doing trainings with them, for instance, uh, Getting guys like yourselves in, 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 involved, um, mm-hmm. getting cus- getting customers sent or their, their customers sent sort of tasting kits and or for let's say Glengoyne or Tam, Tam Do, and so we're doing we're doing things that that way with them. So it has changed. We're not out and about in the cars if you like going to see people. We're doing everything re- remote, remotely at the moment. So uh, I, m- I miss the face to face. If I'm totally honest with you, but uh, you know we have to. It is what it is, yeah. Well, and, 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 and I know Danielle, knowing the type of person Danielle is, um, she'll be missing the <laughs> face-to-face chatting and all that as well. That's very much your thing, isn't it? That's why you do what you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just had this conversation literally two days ago. Uh, it just really frustrated, yeah, because that, that's, you know, when you're going through that door, a lot of these people you've known for a long time and you're asking, you know, how are you? You know, and, and yes, we've got Glengoyne, we've got Tam Doom, we've got Smokehead. So getting out there and speaking to people, I love that. That That is my forte. I'm not good behind a laptop. I'm not good with technology. Um, oh, you're not bad, Danielle. I'm going to do that way. They didn't have computers when we were at school. Danielle, can I assist? Do you want What have you heard? What's happening out there? Uh, obviously, the specialist retail shops are still opening, but are we seeing, well, what is the situation with some of the restaurants and some of the, the other places that stock the whiskey? Are they going to come back? Well, we, we hope so, don't we, Dougie? Um, totally. Some, some are doing deliveries, Gordon, you know, as best they can, you know, maybe cocktail deliveries, that, that, you know, but there was a spell there that you could come and, you know, pick, Pick your your drink and maybe a, something something to eat up from these places, and then take take them home. But I think with the stay at home message, it's it's really difficult to justify that now. So, yeah, well, we're all Thanks. hoping, obviously, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's get people vaccinated and back to back to some kind of normality. Hopefully, in the next few months. But uh, I think it might start with outdoor drinking, but who knows? Who knows? They're saying that the bigger guys are saying um, sorry, April, October. The bigger guys are saying April. That's the kind of date they've got working towards at the moment. But as we know, nobody's got a yeah. crystal ball, so we're just kind of gearing up as much as we can. And I mean, we've got a great marketing team, and we're, what we've got is a lot of things in the back burner. So when the big green button does get pressed, we're going to have some party. I tell you. Yeah, I think that's very true, and I, I think we have got some really nice things up our sleeve as well in terms of new products, which always help and engage retailers and things like that. But uh, and and we just want to, you know, we know it's been a really hard time for the hospitality industry. Um, we've got a lot of friends who work in it, and um, we just hope it gets back to a semblance of normality as soon as possible. Um, and and yeah. That, um, yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. So, I mean, it's you know, and, and the funny thing is, you know, I, I re- I'm very similar. I mean, I my role is, as you know, getting out around the world and talking about our brands. And, you know, we're trying to do things in different markets where, 
you know, there's, the, I mean, America is a prime example where there's there's so much scope for us to do something despite tariffs, which I still can't believe are, are on our whiskies over there. Um, and, um, you know, but, but even moving alcohol around in sample is really, really difficult around the US and everywhere seems to, you have to try and break down walls and do things and, but you know we're sort of getting there. We're still we're still selling our brands and we're still doing okay. But it's it's we just want the place to be back to some sense of normality. I think would be great. Well, let's uh, check. Let's get let's get a positive frame yes. of mind. Uh, and I, I wish I could sing the Whitney song, uh, "One Moment in Time." You know, <laughs> or my perfect moments. Uh, but I will spare you all my perfect moment. We'd no, love you, to hear oh uh, just it takes the happy place. When you think he's whiskey, been on ITV one for <laughs> three minutes and he's now singing Whitney. <laughs> it's gone to the old bonds, Gordon, gone to the old bonds, which is Scott's <laughs> head. Um, it was a perfect moment in whiskey. We love to hear these when you look back and it's just a lovely, and that'll yeah. cheer us a lot. Yeah. Want to go first, Dougie? Well, go for it, Daniel. Yep. Okay, well, we'll go. We'll go for one. It's not X-rated, right? <laughs> what time is it? No, it's not. Not. It's not after nine o'clock yet. We'll, we'll, I'm too young. You should do an X-rated podcast. How's that? Oh, that's <laughs> absolutely wonderful. Whiskey X-rated. Yeah. Okay, so obviously I collect a wee bit of whiskey, um, and lucky in the trade that you get to know everybody, and and you, you get to obviously have some nicer bottles that you would normally have. And I remember I was counting them uh, God, a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Um, and I was with my fiance and they were saying, well, we'll bring down this, you know, get them in a big plastic tub. Come on, we'll bring that tub down from the attic. Just see what we've got. You know, it was a Sunday morning. I we were probably still a bit hungover. And uh, it's a great idea. Let's go and bring the, bring the big plastic tub down. So we brought it down. And as soon as it opened the first tub, there's a couple of tubs up there. And I got this waft of whiskey. And I was like, oh, no. There's something leaking in there, and I'm thinking, and I knew what was in this particular tub, and I'm going through the bottles, and not that one, right? It's not that one, and I get to Glen Park was forty year old that I purchased. No, not cheap, not cheap. And I'm looking at it, and I picked it up, and there was the big brown stain around the the, the top of it. Got it open. I left it, but oh, schoolboy error! I left it on its side. Eating Never believe the your whiskey on the side. I know, I know. I mean, how stupid was I? Eating into the cork. I looked at my fiance Carl and I went, well, we may as well just continue the party. So we sat in our pyjamas on a Sunday morning and we drank Ling for our 40-year-old because it was leaking anyway. So I thought, we'll just open it. Praise the Lord. That's fabulous. <laughs> Best Sunday <laughs> ever. Pairs really, really well with toast and scrambled eggs. <laughs> what an excuse. Any excuse. Oh, that's marvelous. That's a, a, a great memory, Dougie. I'm thinking you've got a, you've got a rugby ball under your arm and you have a wee swing <laughs> just as you push it down uh, and well, to beat the All Blacks. That'd be well, it's funny. It's funny as you say that, Gordon, because there was one time out in Christchurch in New Zealand in '87 when uh, that was the first Rugby World Cup. I was lucky enough to be playing in in, in that, and uh, uh, we played the All Blacks in the quarterfinal. Unfortunately, they 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 beat they beat us. But that that night. Um, the whiskey was flowing and we had some almighty knees up. Um, basically, somebody, one of the guys in the Scotland backup squad suggested, guys, what's the point? Why, why, why go home? Anybody fancy staying out for the rest of the tournament? Uh, it developed. And, but basically what happened was uh, we got given an extra week 
uh, paid for by the Scottish Rugby Union. But we didn't stay in New Zealand. We went out to America <laughs> um, and we, we ended up in, Dis- in Disneyland over in America going around all the all the rides there for an, a week. And that was all in the back of this big party when the whiskey was flowing. Uh, so, yeah. So it initially started as let's stay for the rest of the tournament, but yeah. you all, the World Cup went, stuff that, let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, and basically, I can't remember which of the players decided that, but... Half the guys went to Disneyland, and to be fair, half of them did go home because, as we said, we didn't get paid in those days for playing rugby, and they had to go back to their jobs. But uh, not one of them stayed on for the rest of the tournament. So yeah, a bit different, but good days. Yeah. And I'd like to point out that Scotland lost to New Zealand in the quarterfinal. New Zealand went on to win the tournament, so they lost. They did. The yes, yeah. lost. Lost the winners. We've just got a couple of um, after we've done our perfect moments, Gordon. We've got a couple of whiskey unscripted. It's just really just tick. And we'd started last week the history of whiskey in ten objects. I brought out tartan trousers last week to symbolise the tourist industry that's built up around the distillery and the whiskey industry. What objects could you bring to? And you, Dougie and Danielle have got to discuss it and see if it's in or not. So, Gordon, have you okay. got something? I have, and I think I think this. Actually, when you actually think about how whiskies, when you see things on Facebook about tastings or you see things on on adverts or, or whatever, this shape glass, uh-huh. I think, has had a lot to do with whiskey in the last 20 years. Um, this is a Glencairn glass. This particular one has some Ocotoshan, but it's a Rosebank glass. Um, for me, this glass has had a has had a transformational effect on whiskey in the last 20 years so i'm going to pitch it to you both would you agree or disagree all three of you yeah absolutely. i agree thumbs up yeah i right. think so as well Good. if you go back to we had paul davison from the glen yeah. Graham company on the podcast uh, i think it was season two i think it was yeah. so yeah. you can listen to him as well but it's just where would it be without the glen Graham glass Mm-hmm. I think that's true. And you now look at all the other glasswares that you can get. I know, Gordon, you've had an interesting experience with the Norland glass. Why don't you reshare that story again? That's, that's, that's a mute point. Yes, it was a birthday present. And I've not, I fell asleep not once, but twice in front of Netflix and let the glass <laughs> slip out my hand uh, as I was watching Netflix. Smashed. £25 each, these glasses. I kept the box though, so my wife thought there was actually glasses in the the carton for about three months. But yeah, I mean, my point about this glass is I think it has had a transformational effect, but my point is it should not determine whiskey, this glass. It is a whiskey glass that's great for discovering a whiskey, but when I'm actually drinking whiskey at home, I, I probably use more of a glass like this. Yes, I, I don't yeah. really. But my point would be that was a pint glass. If you were listening, <laughs> um, <laughs> my point would be you should drink whiskey in any glass you want. It can be mixed in a tall glass. It can be, but but that glass has had a big impact, I think, on the whiskey. Positive impact on the whiskey industry. It has, but maybe not as much as Gordon's trousers from from last week's episode. No, no, yeah. no. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not. I think. Yeah. No. Fair. Fair point. <laughs> I, I've done a few tastings, and you've asked people how long has this glass been in existence. And some people say in the 1970s, some people say it was around about the 1700s. Uh, actually, 2001 was when it first premiered at Whiskey Live in London. So yeah. it is younger than you think, but just it's really been a, what a success story. For like a lovely me, Scottish company. Great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, right, fantastic. We, we're almost ready to wrap up. Gordon, any last order of business? No, the only thing that we haven't really looked at this week, and we'll look at it in depth in the next episode, is... 
um, the news. I think we need to catch up on the world of whiskey news. I can't think anything caught your eye in the last week or two, uh, Danielle or Dougie? You put us on the spot there, Gordon. I know. Um, That's because I haven't researched the news this week. Yeah. I thought I'd ask you. No, I, I, I read an old article, but it was before, it was just the end of last year, about uh, a wall in America that had stored Prohibition whiskey and they'd only uncovered it at the end of the, end of the year. So the whiskey was from the late tw- 20s, 1920s bourbon stuff oh, in a nice. wall that was demolished. So we'll get maybe more into that story and see where that whiskey's heading to. I can tell you another quick whiskey moment story from my perspective. I was in Chicago in a bar um, about four or five years ago. And it's called Delilah's, a very famous bar in North Chicago, freezing cold outside in January. I met a friend of mine who's not a whiskey drinker particularly, who was working about 30 miles away. He came in a car and we met up and had a drinking. And Mike Miller, who owns the bar, who's won numerous awards for his bar, um, I'm a good friend of Mike Miller's, and he was pouring us pre-prohibition bourbon. And the, you know, for me that's amazing. But for some people, yes. particularly drink whiskey, he was absolutely flabbergasted that he was being poured whiskey that was from the 1920s, 19, you know, oh, I love that. prohibition bourbon. And and he, you know, he 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 just said it was one of the most amazing experiences he's ever had. Um, yeah. you know, just incredible. And uh, so so a little bit of pre-prohibition. Oh, I love that whiskey chat. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Just let's before I, again. I'm just trying to think. Just squeeze the last bit out of these guys. Um, you've got the smokeheads. You had a tam do there, uh, Dougie and Danielle. I don't know if you have to have your letter start with D, Dundas and Dallas, but that might help if you ever come for a job at E McLeod. I'm not too <laughs> sure. Uh, all the D's, but recommending another uh, whiskey. What would you have tonight if you want to um, leave us with? It doesn't need to be one of ours. Um, it could be any whiskey you would like. What's what's maybe a top one, top two? Yeah. Well, for me, I, I, I enjoy highballs. That was how maybe I was introduced to, to whiskey initially. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go with, stick with one of our brands, like Glen, Glen Goyne. I think the 12-year-old that we do is fantastic, the mixture of sherry and, and bourbon, bourbon. So that with a uh, with touch of soda water. I like a squeeze of lime in mine as well, to be honest with you. Nice, long, refreshing drink. Even though I'm saying that, I'm looking outside here. There's snow on the ground outside, but at the same time, I think it's a okay. It's maybe a summery type drink, but I think you can drink it any time round. Uh, really refreshing drink. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I just that's what I think. Danielle. Well, seeing as it's nearly the weekend, uh, we would normally get a wee takeaway to treat ourselves because you know it's the weekend. You need something to treat yourself, don't you, with this? Mm-hmm. And uh, my my little treat would be a special fish supper with a pickled onion. Now, the best thing to have with a special fish supper is not an iron brew. No, it would be an Ardbeg Oogadal. Oh, God, you do the love the Islas, don't you? <laughs> There's nothing like an Isla single malt to me. That smell and, oh, you're just peat. It's the peat. I love it. So that would be my top tip would be an Oogadal. With, it's got to be a special fish supper. It can't be the batter. It's got to be the breaded the, the one. Breadcrumbs. Nice. Oh, nice. Fantastic, fantastic uh-huh. mix. Uh-huh. I love just all for that. anybody who's not from Glasgow. <laughs> or Edinburgh. Yeah. If you ask for fish supper, you get a battered bit of fish and some yeah, chips. That. You ask for breaded, it's like asking for the spe- you know special fish. Special. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm taking me notes. I'm writing it down for a wee food special coming up soon, Gordon. <laughs> food, yeah. food special. special. Oh. We'll get we'll get we'll <laughs> get da- we'll get Danielle back on. <laughs> well, for their fish supper. 
That's the end of uh, the business of Whisky Unscripted episode two. We're off and running uh, in series three. Can I just thank you, uh, Dougie Wiley? Thank you so much for joining us. You, and Daniel Murphy, thank you for joining us. And Gordon, Cheers. Cheers, I'll leave you the last word. Well, all I would like to say is it's a pleasure that, you know, Mr. Dallas has decided to turn down all the offers um, <laughs> that he's got as a result of his star appearance for 3.2 minutes on uh, ITV. I know the zero coming in. Um, and uh, we are looking forward to coming back with episode three. Just drop us a line. Anything you want us to talk about, we will. But we just felt it was a good time to bring in two professionals to give us their view on the market. So uh, <laughs> uh, signing off with my Ockentoshan, thank you very much. Yes, and, uh, thank you. Cheers, Slangebar. guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.